0: welcome back to hey great shot so we are back with part two of our u.s open men's singles preview joining us for part two you know earlier on rothman and i teased that we would have a very special guest joining us to do a little bit of analysis on this podcast and we are fortunate enough to be joined today by university of virginia all-american player he was the ncaa singles champion uh you know team champion any accolade you could want in college he got it it is university of virginia's very own tyson quiet ty hey great shot
1: what's up man thanks for the intro appreciate uh, it
0: of course a little different than the cracked or cracked interviews podcast a little looser here we can have a little more fun so um uh, you know don't you feel you know if you feel yourself have any hot takes come on don't be afraid to share them
1: sounds good sounds good we'll see if uh, how far colin goes <laughs> yeah. That'll be my biggest talking point for sure.
2: Oh absolutely well make I guess
0: that makes sense.
2: Before we hop on any further, I noticed since I wasn't on the last pod, you're from Charlotte. Have you ever made it uh to Greensboro, North Carolina?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean in juniors you have to play tournaments all over the place, especially in North Carolina. So all over the south and yeah, Greensboro for sure.
2: Sweet. I like to consider it my second home. It's a great place. <laughs>
0: That tells you a little about Rothman that he considers it good that he has a second home, uh, you know, that he's comfortable. <laughs> staying. And so I suppose leave that where you will. But you know, we do before we get on to the U.S. Open preview coverage because we are going to talk about the Juan Martín Del Potro quarter of the draw in this pod, part of the podcast. Uh, obviously, it's not often we get to talk with people who actually participated in the U.S. Open. You know, you yourself got to play qualifying. Uh, How was that? Because I know you got to play qual, or last year you got the obviously wild card into the main draw. This year you get to go back for qualies. What was that experience like?
1: Yes, I mean this year is like uh, a little bit less starstruck. Um, I felt like I had a like better mentality going into it, a little bit better routine. Um, New York can be very mentally draining even before the tournament starts with. You know, everything that's going on in the city and then U.S. Open being so big and just, I mean, it's its a lot. So uh, I felt that uh, this year I, I just, that experience definitely helped me for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can only imagine. But just even more specifically, uh, just, you know, being on grounds, being on the atmosphere, you've played a ton of different places throughout your career. Uh, Where is our, you know, the U.S. Open grounds rank by comparison to everywhere
1: else? I mean it's for sure the most special tournament you can play as an American other than the late Davis Cup. But, uh, I mean, yeah, if you can't get pumped as an American to play at the U S open, then you're probably not gonna have too much fun playing the sport. And, uh, yeah, I've played junior Wimbledon and that's the only thing that can even come close to, to what, what, what goes on in Flushing. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing.
2: Yeah, definitely. And and one thing I'm curious to hear from your perspective, we've asked a lot of players, obviously, you just played qualifying. And one of the questions we ask is whether we you think that playing qualifiers is a benefit to uh, playing well in a tournament. Do the, the pre matches before the, the main draw start help you kind of get ready? Or is it something that tires you out more and it actually is a negative to, to playing qualifiers?
1: Well, I mean, if you have the option to do either you <laughs> want to be in the main draw because yeah, yeah. these qualifying matches are full on wars. I mean, everybody wants to be in the main draw. That's why, um, you know, quietly a lot of people say that like watching qualifying for a slam is some of the most fun stuff you, you can see because you see guys who, you know, are living paycheck to paycheck and like going out there and dying on the court trying to find a way to into that main draw and make that that big money. So um yeah back to your question i mean at the u.s open if you qualify you get saturday sunday off at least so i mean your body can definitely recover but then there's a mentality switch from playing best of three to best of five so i mean i don't think it really helps or hurts you once once you make it through but the biggest thing is like just getting through the qualities is a huge uh, huge task i mean even you see like the one seed in lost first round. So, I mean, qualities is quality is pretty freaking tough. Yeah. I,
0: I can only imagine. And, you know, again, we, we want to hear your thoughts on the U S open, but you know, it would be stupid of us not to ask you a few questions. Obviously you've had a tremendous summer. You win a futures title in Canada. You qualify at the city open, uh, you know, then you, you qualify in Vancouver. Obviously you win a match at the U S open. Just, in general, how's how your first full year on the pro tour going? You know, are you satisfied with where you're at game wise, and you know any cool experiences you'd want to share with us?
1: Well, I mean, I've only been able to play like uh, I think eleven or twelve tournaments this year because I had knee troubles from like end of last year U.S. Open all the way up until like May this year. So I feel like I've only really been healthy for three four months. But these last three four months, I feel like I've made a lot of strides physically. Um, I'm, I feel like I'm playing a lot better. Um, yeah, I mean, qualifying for City Open was definitely a highlight because, um, you know, I have I went to UVA, so I had tons of UVA support. I felt like I was playing a dual match again, so that was that was pretty dope. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, I had a lot of chances to make the last round of qualities at the Open, and so now I'm just going to try to build on that the rest of the year and try to play as many as I can to the end of the year because I, I got a lot of catch. A lot to catch
2: up on. Absolutely, and you know, we definitely think you've got a a bright future. And you know, it's pretty rare that we have someone on here to analyze the draw. So we've, you know, hopefully Wait, not. Rothman's
0: <laughs> gonna get mad. I gotta sneak one more in because I know oh, you God. are known for changing up your rackets. I feel like you go through seven different racket types <laughs> per match. Uh, have Have we settled on one?
1: Uh, well, I was playing pretty poorly in june july this year so i switched from um a like a special wilson racket i was using to the old wilson racket i was using in college and um i think i've been playing a little bit better since i switched back to that and um you know in the off season i'm gonna sit down and figure out you know with wilson which which rackets uh, i'm gonna be using in 2019 but yeah i mean uh, i i've definitely been known in college to i used in four years, probably like seven or eight different rackets. So uh yeah, bit of bit of a psycho when it comes to equipment, but um nothing wrong with that. I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't help that I throw 'em everywhere, too.
2: <laughs> I'll just say Alex can't resonate with that at all, considering he's used the same racket since two thousand and one. Dude, the uh, Prince
0: Graphite never went out of style. I don't know what this <laughs> is wow.
1: Prince Graphite, that's why. <laughs>
2: exactly. Me uh,
0: and 14-year-old Ronnie Schneider still use it. It's perfect. <laughs> All
2: right, well, we we don't want to ask you too many questions. We know you came on to to help us analyze this quarter. So thanks for, you know, being willing to do that with us. It's pretty rare that we get someone who has played some of these guys and was honestly just in the qualifiers. So uh, let's let's start to break down this quarter. I guess first and foremost, you know, who are your underdogs, Ty, for a uh, – for this little section?
1: Um, My underdogs, I mean, I for sure think Kudla is playing pretty, pretty freaking well this summer. So I think he's definitely coming under the radar in this section because you have massive big names like Dimitrov and Warinka and obviously that's a blockbuster first round and then you have Delpo. Um, But I, I honestly don't think that Delpo is going to make it through the semis. Really, uh, I just, I just, just don't see him. Just don't see him making a run this year because I just played on those courts and they're incredibly slow. And um, you know, while I could help Delpro because he needs a little bit more time because his strokes are uh, pretty big and he takes massive cuts, um, the court's not going to really help him because he's going to try to hit through the court and, um, you know, it's, it's going to be tough. But. Uh,
0: so then if I could, focusing on that section, you look at, we'll go in, you know, the people who he'd have to beat to make the fourth round. You've got him versus Donald Young. You know, you worried Young, lefty, not exactly the biggest game. Delpo is just going to be feasting on opportunities there. But still, you have Delpo, Kudla, uh, Berrettini, Murray, Duckworth, Lopez, Verdasco. Um, you know that that of those eight guys tied, do you see you know the threat to Delpo is going to come from one of them early on? You already mentioned Kudla.
1: Yeah, I mean, I hope Kudla can make through his first round, uh, and then I think he'll really give Delpo a test. Uh, so that would be that would be a one to watch for sure. I hope I hope Dennis isn't listening to this because like I hate when people talk about like <laughs> draws, and I hear it because then like you know it puts. I don't know, not pressure, but like expectations. Sometimes it's better to have someone say you're going to lose first round so you have a little bit of depressurization and like, oh, no one expects me to win anyways. I can just go out there and do my best kind of thing. But yeah, I really, I really think Dennis could give um, Delpo a run for his money.
2: Well, we we did just interview him at Stowe, so there is a chance that he's a, a CR fan now and is listening. I, I was but gonna say, God let's just say, let's hope Dennis
0: Kudla Is putting some value <laughs> in what we're saying, Dennis. If you are listening, you would whoop my ass oh 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 and oh. So I apologize. You know, I'm not trying to be disingenuous. It is though a you know a fascinating matchup, and I, I agree. You wonder, you know, Kudla going side to side, how long he can go there. Obviously, you have to imagine backhand to backhand. Dennis likes his chances against anyone um i think the unsung guy maybe in this portion of the draw t- tremendously and if i remember correctly uh you are a fan of his as well andy murray uh, a guy who's coming back from injury obviously not at the level he once was but still you know playing he's still f-ing andy murray um and so i guess my question to you ty uh how, i don't know if you got to see him at all in new york but what are you thinking about his prospects for this event
1: I mean, Andy's my favorite player on tour, and I tried to do a lot of the things that he does on the court. Um, but
2: you should see Groskin smile right now. He is loving everything you're saying.
1: Yeah, I mean, Murray's the freaking man. Like,
2: <laughs> oh, i I'm, I'm
1: I'm literally flicking Rothman off. And like, <laughs> I love that people think he has no personality because. Wait,
2: what's his humor? Yeah, give us some insight to that.
1: No, nah, like, he's just a really sarcastic guy. Like, you hear him in the locker room and training room and stuff, and like he jokes <laughs> with guys and stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, I I think I think you can never count Murray out. I mean, in D.C., he played, for his standards, he played pretty freaking bad. And yeah. he just was, like, the f- animal that he is and goes out there and finds a way – to, to win matches and he did that in DC and that was like so impressive. Like against Mackie, like Mackie had him on the ropes and he just hung around, hung around, like always fighting. Um and then in the third round, I think he was playing Copil and the guy was playing out of his mind. And Murray stuck around till like three AM to to finish him off. And I think like the guy is just an absolute like mental giant. So you can never count him out. I mean, obviously, physically, he's going to be the, the most important thing for him. Like, if he if he's fit and healthy, then he has a great chance. Because, I mean, he should beat Duckworth first round. And then, you know, Ferdasco or Lopez is, is you know, pretty decent second round, I'd say, in terms of, you know, a seed, because he should be playing a seed second round. Well,
0: well I think it's an interesting portion of the draw, especially you look at, you know, a lot of those guys who haven't been, or who have been banged up with injury in this section. You've got a Wawrinka, you've got uh Rayonich, you've got Murray, obviously. Uh, I have a question for both of you, Rothen. And Rothen, you're really relegated this pot. I'm here to talk to Ty, as you mentioned. I've been riding with uh, the tunes yeah. since, you know, since the Brian Vahali days or whatever. Uh, so I, I, I've got some, some questions to ask. But just in general, of those three guys, Ty, all guys coming back from similar situations, I guess if one of them's going to make a deep run in this portion of the draw, uh, who are you looking at of those three? And again, Murray, Stan, or Raonic? Oof. Um, Look, hard questions here. This is, this is the all-encompassing preview pod. <laughs> um,
1: I think I think Raonic is going to come through that eighth, I guess. Is that an eighth? Yeah. He's going to come through... <laughs> no, no, that's... No, sorry. He's going, yeah, he's going to come through that eighth. I really think so. Um, but uh yeah, so of those of those guys I think Raunich has the the best chance to come to the eighth because um obviously Warnick and Dimitrov are gonna knock each other out first round and then is gonna dice them up second round.
2: <laughs> wow.
1: Uh, yeah, and then and then I think Rounich might might be serving too big for Colin, so that would be a tough one, but yeah. Um, that, I don't know. I feel like that is a like bold yeah, take.
0: Your serve matches up with Rayon. It's just pretty good compare. Pretty good practice. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that that's a crazy take. I I think Vavrinka. I think he's playing well enough, and he can take out Dimitrov. And if he does that, I think he's taking that eighth and going all the way to a quarterfinal with Delpo. Yeah,
1: I mean, obviously, Stan uh has crazy confidence here i mean when you when your name is on the champions board like you know you're you're a bit cockier.
0: (laughs) you're pretty good
1: (laughs) yeah i guess the 2018 thing is like you have big energy so he's gonna he's gonna be feeling that for sure (laughs) yeah um and then you know dimitro hasn't been playing amazing this summer so for his standards.
0: Yeah, and you you look at some of their records from the summer against Stan, 11-13 and 13 now on the year, but did play better in Cincy, played better at Rogers Cup, got some good wins there, one over Nishikori, one over Kyrgios, Grigor, as you mentioned, 22-15 and 15 on the year, beat Verdasco at Rogers Cup, beat Tiafoe, uh, but kind of scrapped through both of those, 7-6 in the third, and again, just hasn't shown the best form, certainly not like last year where he had won Cincinnati in the build-up. Um I mean, yeah, there are a lot of great players. I think it's interesting we've gone this far, and we haven't even mentioned, you know, Pass and George, two young next-gen guys who have certainly had, you know, wonderful 2018s. Um, I don't know, Ty, what, what are your thoughts on, you know, the recent rise of Pass? You have to wonder if fatigue is going to set in, but could you see him doing any damage?
1: Uh, I mean, I don't think fatigue, like physical fatigue will set in. All these guys are are so fit. Um
0: but even so, so I guess, and I, 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 you would know better than I, so that's why I want to ask the follow up. Even though, if you're a guy like Stefanos, have you make your first Masters final only two, what, two, three weeks ago? Uh, you don't, you don't think that wears on you physically playing that level of tennis? You think at this point he's over that?
1: I think physically it doesn't wear on you. I think mentally and emotionally it does. I mean, that is, uh, I mean, I don't know. I guess never happened to me, but uh, no, I would I mean, assume that it's a, it's an incredible emotional ride to, you know, make a Masters 1000 and beat whatever he did. Like three, three or four players in the top ten or twenty or something like that. Yeah,
0: Djokovic Anderson.
1: Yeah, so uh, that that has to be really emotionally draining. If anything, he could be feeling like emotional drainage from the summer so far. But um, uh, again, like playing best of five at a Slam is so different mentally uh, than especially to beat, like, big guys. I mean, it's it's one thing to beat him best of three. It's another thing to beat him best of five. So uh, I think that'll be a test. But, yeah, it would be really interesting if uh, him and Korch played in the third round for sure. Um, but uh, hopefully Kruger can uh, put a stop to that.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny when you look at this eighth. I think this could be by far the hardest... Eighth of the tournament. I mean, if you're looking at all the potential second rounds, Delpo Kudla, Murray Verdasco, or Lopez, Koric, and maybe Kruger pulls it out. I don't know. You would, you would know how he's playing best. Um, but then you've got Medvedev and Tsitsipas Poss. I mean, you've got a ton of young talent. And then on the other side, you've got potentially either Dimitrov or Vavrinka. You've got Simone, you've got Ranich, you have Isner. I think this is by far the hardest quarter, but the top half of this quarter, the hardest eighth of the tournament.
1: Yeah, I mean this is this is a brutal eight for sure. Uh, I mean Isner and Klon playing for Sean is is unfortunate for the Americans because they could both make a good run, but yeah, that's a that's a really good match. Hopefully that's on a big court and they get some TV time. Um, but hopefully whoever wins that can make win the next round
2: and be in the third round for sure. So if you had to if you had to bet right now, who is winning this quarter?
0: Wow. wow, put him on the spot right away. You don't even get no chance to plug the college guys, which, you know, El Nori, Klon, Isner, uh, any other college guys. I don't think I'm missing any others in this section. I mean, he, can,
2: he can explain his reasoning. He can go round by round and explain why.
1: I think it will be John or the winner of the warinka dimitrov match. Wow. Like, obviously, I was, I mean... I don't know. Maybe Khan goes and has crazy upset second round. But, <laughs> uh, I think like Warinka and Dimitrov are gonna beat Ronich in the third round. So, uh, yeah, but I, I think Isner would win the battle of the serves there. Uh, or well, if Rondich should play it. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think Isner will make it make it through. I'm, I'm feeling the big man. Wow. Rothman.
0: Well, yeah. What are your thoughts? What's your first reaction, Rothman?
2: I mean, I think whoever gets through is going to be so tired. I mean, imagine if Vavrinka, right? It, let's say he beats Dimitrov, then Colin, then Reionich, then Isner, and then he has to play maybe Delpo or Murray. I mean, that is tough. Um, whereas, I mean, but the problem is the top side is ridiculous too. You've got Tsitsipas would have to take down Medvedev, Chorich, and Delpo, and then play Vavrinka or Murray. Um, they're both going to be exhausted. I, I think. think. I
1: don't uh, think Tsitsipas Poss or however you say his name, I don't think he's going to. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be a contender in this in this quarter.
2: So you think in in that little section, Chorich is coming out on top, and then he's going to play either a Murray or a Delpo.
1: E- yes yes. I like that.
0: Yeah, I mean I can definitely get in favor with that. I don't know. Think,
1: I think the bottom eighth of this quarter is harder to predict than the top. I don't see I don't see Murray coming through the, the top half. See really? uh,
0: this is where you and I are gonna then split in the Murray faction much like the Church of England split all of those years ago. I'm going to oh, ride God. with Andy. Yeah, you like that one? I went to college. No. <laughs> I graduated. What's up? Um,
1: that was yeah. a crazy analogy then. That was one <laughs>
0: <laughs> Look, this is like hour four for us of this US Open preview pod, so it's getting a little loopy on our end. Um, in, in general, you talk about Murray. Uh, I mean, if he brings Mama Murray, we all know her love for Feliciano. Maybe that's a distraction tool, so I like the aspect of that. Um. Yeah, you can tell I'm really grasping at straws here. Yeah, Look, seriously. <laughs> I was going to say, career head-to-head, Murray leads Delpo 7-3, the one I
1: remember. Okay, best. okay, okay. But is Murray even going to get there? Like, Murray <laughs> hasn't really shown us, like, a level that he's going to get past, like, even to the third round. Like, best of five wow. for the guy. The guy hasn't played best of five in two years, guys.
0: Yeah, Look, again, I told you, I'm putting a lot of faith in him. This really is a a religious type of thing where it's the Church of Murray. I'm all in on it. Um, No, I I think that's fair. I really like one of Chorich, Medvedev, or Tsitsipas. Under this theory that Del Potro is going to struggle, which I actually, I kind of like what you're saying. I know Rothman is very much on the Del Potro bandwagon.
1: Get Kula's coming through this age. Yeah.
0: See, that's what I was looking for. I was just trying to... So, the big is, I think Kudla Delpo is a big one. I think if Kudla knocks out Delpo, which I'm going to go ahead and predict as well... Then my guy, Church is coming through. I'm all in. I think this is the one. I think at some point, one of these next-gen players is going to f***ing break through. And it could be Zverev. It could be Tsitsipas. And you look at their draws, Tsitsipas, Robredo, a very winnable match. Then Medvedev, who, you know, has to be tired after winning Winston-Salem last week. It's just a tough place to come back right away. I think... Did a crazy different servers too. Yeah, I mean, exactly. What, because the ball bounces real high at Winston-Salem?
1: Yeah, and it's the court is much faster than yours, open. Yeah,
0: and so you have to wonder that. Nathan Williams,
1: like, never mind. Yeah, I was gonna, I was, rip, I was I gonna was rip, gonna wait, say, I was gonna rip
0: wait for Here comes the demon deacon <laughs> joke. Yeah. I was gonna say, Pet- Petros is a, is a good guy. I'm a fan of his, so take it easy. Uh, you know, cracked interview, two time guest. Uh, so only good words here, but yeah, so. I don't know. Let me ch- uh I don't know, Rothman, any any tiebreaker here? Which of these young guys, Chorich, Medvedev, Tsitsipas, uh Nori, Colin, which of these guys goes furthest?
2: I mean, you're going to laugh, but like I seriously think Tsitsipas is going to make the farthest run, and I was so not on his, you know, fan train a couple months ago and you you were the 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 originator of that. But I, the I think the Express, yeah, it's because again,
0: it. here's another history thing. There's I think it was Epic of Gilgamesh, which is freshman year of high school, and we talked about the Tsitsi Fly in Africa or whatever. And then also Entourage, the episode where Tsitsi Fly is the uh the password. To get. It doesn't matter, the point is that, that my god, to the next.
2: you paid way too close attention in high school. That is <laughs> mind blowing.
0: <laughs> I talk a lot, but go on, go on.
2: Uh, but, yeah, I think the way the draw plays out for him, he's going to get, you know, he has Robredo and then probably Medvedev, two matches that should be winnable for him. And then he's got Chorich. If he can come out of that, Delpo will have just played Kudla and Murray, and that's two tough matches. Or, you know, regardless, if Delpo makes it to that point, he's going to be, I think, a lot more tired than CC Tsitsipas. So I, I like his chances the best.
0: And then, you know, bottom half of this draw... Just I, I know you said John I like Klon over Isner I mean we saw Klon in Stowe I got to see him play at Cincy <laughs> I'm very biased I love the way his forehand's cooking right now I just think he's playing really really well And so confidence being everything at that point That's my early upset so, Some of these top 16 seeds are going to lose It just happens every year and You have to pick and choose the best matchups you like I don't know I have watched Isner go 5 with Tiafo A couple years ago first round you know, he's still riding that high from the uh, Wimbledon semifinal. I, I don't know. that that That's not a part. I just think Klon's playing really well. I like the way he's going to move Isner side to side, get him stretched, make him bend low with that lefty slice. Uh, I like Klon for the upset there. And then, you know, the in terms of the rest of that bracket, ugh. I, I I love Colin. I think Colin's going all the way to the semis. Um, <laughs> I think I think the haircut was big for his game. I think you know once you have to see those eyes, it's a lot more intimidating. Um, no, I I don't know. I think the winner of the bottom half. I think we've already made this point clear. Is going to be the Stan Grigor winner. I, whoever comes out of that match, you merge with so much confidence. I think the winner of that. Ah. Uh, And then I see Rayonich. I don't know. It's a fascinating section.
2: No, I think they'll be too tired. I I think whoever comes out of that bottom half is going to lose whoever wins the top half. I think they'll be too tired after that.
0: It's a fascinating... So, okay, one one last time to summarize because, you know, I don't want to take up too much of your time, Ty. But just real quick, your fourth round and then your quarterfinal matchup in this bracket. And who do you have moving
1: to the semis?
0: This is your chance. You sticking with the Kudla? I gave you one more chance to backtrack.
1: I'm I'm right. looking at the, the draw one more time here. <laughs> <laughs> Ride with it. Right, all right, all right. What what do you what do you want to know again?
0: I wanna know your fourth round. So of the Del Potro to Tsitsipas section, who's gonna play in the finals of that bracket and who moves on to the quarterfinals? And then I want same thing from Isner to Dimitrov. Who who moves on to the fourth round and who's gonna make it to the quarterfinals?
1: Alright, so Dudlo will play Korich in the I guess, whatever. Fourth of that. round. Yeah, fourth round. Yep. Oh, I love
0: that pick. Can I just say, the backhand in that match would be phenomenal.
1: I think that would be a tough one for Kudla, but, and I think, I think he's gonna get there. I really do. um And then at the bottom, uh, <sighs> I mean, I, I honestly like, the Warringah Dimitrov match is like crazy up in the air. Like, it could go either way, so that one like, there's a crazy wrench. Like, if you, if you call Warinka coming through the whole thing and then he goes down to Dimitrov, like, you tank your whole section. If this was, like, you know, you know basketball NCAA March Madness, like, your, your whole bracket would be completely screwed. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be like UVA basketball.
0: No, I, di- I didn't want to go there, but I was going to say, where were you when they lost to uh, UMBC? I was, I was
1: live. It was in Charlotte. I watched it live. Oh God! You were in the stadium. I but I witnessed crazy history. Honestly, it's never going to happen again.
0: Yeah, that's very true. That is a very that's a mature perspective. I like
1: that answer. I'm, I'm mature now because it was like six months ago.
0: Okay, so if you can go through, if you can go through that, you can make a Wawrinka Dimitrov. That, I, I that's walked much- home.
1: I walked home from the stadium. I was like three mile walk.
2: <laughs>
0: the real question is, do you remember that walk home? Which could be a debate for a, uh, another time.
1: Uh, I walked home with my friends, we walked on in silence. <laughs> oh,
2: yes, he remembers. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um but no, I, I do feel John is coming through his sixteenth, uh, I guess. Yeah, that yeah, his sixteenth. And then it'll be a great match, either him against Orinka Dimitrov or um, yeah. I don't I don't think Ranish will sure come through here. Yeah, also, I, we're forgetting about Lloyd Harris, who's having like an unbelievable summer, and he's a next gen guy, too. He's only 21. Mm-hmm. Uh, like He's going to beat Simone, I predict. And then he could give Ron a true run for his money for sure. Uh, I, it really comes down to Colin blowing
0: this section of the draw up. We really <laughs> need him to do something. Yeah. Because then
1: like, Colin's, Colin's, yeah. Colin's going to do crazy things to this French guy. He's going to make him suffer. Like He's way too tough. Uh, and then. I can't wait for, like, I hope Colin plays Warren Kibinitrov's, like, night match on Wednesday in Ash and, like, Colin comes out in his North Face shirt that he bought for, like, 19 and, <laughs> and like and does crazy, crazy things. So, <laughs> I mean, I the know. natural follow-up is how did you not get the invite to the players' box? To what players' box?
0: For Colin's.
1: For Colin Osmerano?
0: yeah uh, if if he makes that if it's
1: because okay yeah but you don't change a winning strategy constant like walking through the qualifying draw and i i've been quietly watching his matches and uh like i don't want to sit in his box because you don't want to change a winning strategy uh-huh. and then you know yeah. what i mean so what i hate most about the US open is that like guys travel the whole year with just a coach or just a physio or like just coaching girlfriend and then like they show up to the open with like entourage of like nine dudes deep, <laughs> you know? Like come on, like what do you mean? Like I get that it's the biggest time of the year, but it, you're t- it cannot be like good for your mental to have like like a, a bus full of people with you.
2: Do you consider <laughs> the U.S. Open that much bigger than the other Grand Slams?
1: Yeah, I'm a American.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just titled that segment. Yeah, I, think
0: um, we, I definitely have the answer or the title of the pod. Well done. Um, but oh, I look, guess
2: look. <laughs> I that. Re- restating that question: Do you think generally people <laughs> people would say the U.S. Open is the biggest grand slam of the year? Yes,
1: yeah, the most people come through. I get that it's like we have the biggest stadium and stuff, but like most people buy tickets. Um, right Wimbledon is more of like you go because it's like prestigious it's like um yeah I mean U.S. Open is the U.S. Open I mean kids, kids wake up in America and they're like they when they hold the racket first time they go like oh like I want to play in the U.S. Open you know so Not sad. it's the biggest thing
0: no, I, I completely agree with you, With you, and again, we don't want to keep you too long, so we'll end with one last thing. I'm going to ask you one more time, put you on the spot, look for some predictions, uh, just four categories real quick. I want to ask you, we'll, we'll start with the fun one. Of the top 20 seeds in the draw, it can be any section, who is on biggest upset alert for you?
1: I guess you always want to know if, I mean, Zverev's a big name, you want to see if he can finally break through in a major, you know? Because yeah. the guy's obviously A1 level, uh, one master's, multiple masters, and has never really, for what he's done everywhere else, never really made a big dent in uh, a slam. So I'd love to see him do well, but obviously I, I put him on upset alert because uh, the past.
0: No, totally fair. Then another fun one. You you've kind of made it clear, it sounds like I think I know your I'm gonna know your answer, but last American male player standing in the singles draw will be.
1: Uh other than Ultramarano, probably is there. <laughs> uh but I honestly I, I only looked at this quarter when we I knew we were gonna talk about it. Um I mean I guess it depends on uh um what's his uh Sam Quarry's quarter um I don't, I'm don't i not even sure who he's playing. Sam's got Seppi. Then he's
0: got the winner of Shapovalov, of Alassim alasim and then he's probably got Rublover or Anderson.
1: I, I see him beating the Canadian second round. Uh, he's Thank you. Straight. Hold on. Yeah, he's, Robin, he's, can't, he's he's can't... way too experienced for those two guys. Okay, okay. but he um, had a, a trash and, year. Uh, I mean, yeah, guys, maybe has a trash year, but those those Canadians are gonna like have an. Unbelievably emotional match against each other, and uh, they will be a little drained. And I think Sam will, Sam Thank will you. give give the right. give the
0: sauce. So. That's what I oh could not agree more. All right, well I like that. And then you know we'll, we'll end with one more, and this is the obvious one. Your U.S. Open men's singles champion is
1: uh the court is too slow. Nadal's gonna win.
0: <laughs> wow. So so then you really think the court is that big of a factor, like for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I just played on it, so I it's it's pretty freaking slow. And right. yes, this the this, this surface is a pretty big factor.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously. So when you say slow, you just think even for a guy like Djokovic, it's just it's gonna be impossible to hit through and so he's got no you know, or for real. I just
1: don't I just like think of every guy playing the doll and I haven't even looked in the doll's draw, but I just don't see how you can possibly beat him. <laughs> <laughs> The guy is a the guy is a monster. He's a monster. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a monster I think I think complete. I think it's like I think it would be like 50-50 in the dollar or the field. Like if if there were Vegas odds, I think so, I think they I think Vegas put Djokovic as the favorite favorite, but um I think in my book I would say it's in the dollar of the field.
0: So then, if I could give you a hypothetical bet, and don't get in trouble—I don't hes not Pete Rose, everyone. He's not gambling on tennis. This is all hypothetical. But if I said twenty to one odds, and that's huge, you know, you bet whatever that it, you can take the field, or you can take—or I, I guess you have to take the field over Federer, Djokovic, jo- uh, and Nadal.
1: Do you take that bet? Twenty to one. Nah, I take those three. <laughs> <laughs> and When's the last time someone else won? Uh, was, it,
0: was it Chilich at U.S. Open a few years ago? Or Ch- who won U.S. Open? Oh yeah, Nadal. They alternated last year. Yeah, it was Chilich two years ago or whatever. Oh my god, I'm all in. Do you, okay, last question, and then I promise we'll let you go. Is Federer fatigue a real thing? As in...
1: What is Federer fatigue? Oh,
0: <laughs> it's
2: it's an Alexander Gruskin coined term. Uh,
0: so this idea, and I'm not saying I want Federer to lose first round. I'm saying this idea, I want to see other players break through. I'd love to even see them beat, you know, the Zverev's, the Chorches, beat a Federer in a Grand Slam quarterfinal, use that momentum, propel themselves to their first Grand Slam title. This idea that I'm done seeing Federer and Nadal and Djokovic win all the slams.
1: Uh, I mean, you're not going to get your wish this year. So, <laughs> know, but like, I mean, I think like, just like we had in Wimbledon where it was, a uh, you know, slight surprise. Anderson making the final slight surprise. Isner making the semis? I think there's going to be that one guy who's has the magical run and then it gets cut to a swift end by one of the big guys, um, like Kirk, which did to Anderson, the finals, mm-hmm. like, like uh, what Djokovic did to or Nadal. Who who beat Chechenato?
0: Chechenato in the quarterfinals.
1: No, Chechenato made semis, right? Oh, uh, French. Yeah, like Chechenato
0: Maybe I think he lost a team. He must have lost a team.
1: Yeah, I think Chechenato was a Cinderella guy in French, and I think and uh, Sangren was a bit of a Cinderella in Australia. So and I think- Chung. Yeah, there's going to be a good Cinderella story, but it's going to be come to a swift end at the hands of Nadal or Federer or something else. But it's still good for the sport.
2: On the Fed fatigue, personally, I never get tired of seeing him play a guy like Djokovic. Those matches are unbelievable, and that's only going to be around for another couple of years. Do you get ti- I mean, do you really get tired of watching that?
1: I don't. I don't.
2: Okay, so that's. I think that is the crux of Alex's Fed fatigue.
1: I love to watch the guys that, you know, like winning a first round for them is is huge. And like seeing the emotion uh, on their face, like you watch Nadal or Fed win their third round match. And like, they, they don't really celebrate because it's like, Oh, I got to go back and prepare for the next one. But like, if you see a guy who's unseated, like came through crawlies and they win two rounds, like you really see it on their face. And I think for me, that's, That's awesome because, uh, you know, a little bit unexpected, I guess.
0: No, absolutely. Well, then the very last thing we will do before we let you go, Ty, I'm doing this for everyone at the end of their segment. So as to not limit you from telling whatever story you want to tell from the U S open much like they do on PTI. I'm giving you 30 seconds and I will start the clock, but you know, you get 30 more seconds. Any other storylines you're watching from this year's U S open ready? Fligner start the clock.
1: University of Virginia Cavaliers had uh, three guys on their 2017, uh, national championship team play qualifying. Uh, all three made it past the first round. Um, Two made the last round and one uh, qualified and is going to hopefully win his first round. So, um, that's how freaking good we were. And um, (laughs) no team will ever come close to what we did. You can put my 2017 team up against any other college team in history and we'll give them the absolute (laughs) Thank you.
0: Oh, that was exactly what I was looking for. I I told you, Rothman. That... That's just—I agree. Those UVA teams will never be matched.
1: Um, you will no, not those UVA teams. That UVA team.
0: That UVA. Well, I mean, those teams, as in the whole era, you were there. I'm talking the whole Boland era, from Jermier Jenkins' title one to you guys, the last
2: title. Oh, I, I don't want to get into this debate now, but I'll, I'll take a, <laughs> a, a number of USC teams over it. But wait, we'll,
1: can I? Can I wow! <laughs> I, will, I will. I will catch you in the parking lot.
2: <laughs> let's go baby <laughs>
0: well all i'm saying is uh, the 2011 team that usc beat the one with shabazz young damajan sanam um jameer at four i don't know how that team lost f- a like that team could match up with anyone
1: guys did anyone on that team qualify for the open <laughs> Dude, Colin Altamano played four. J.C. Aragon played five. They both qualified for a Grand Slam.
0: <laughs> you don't know this, but damajan is actually Kevin Anderson in disguise. Uh, he's just been,
1: he's- damajan I love the guy. He's on a boat outside of South Korea right now. So like, if he wanted wow. to be in the chamber, he'd be in the chamber.
2: <laughs> he's living the life. <laughs> no, I
1: mean, no, he worked. He's uh, he's a Navy. He's a or, he. uh He's oh, in the he's Navy, working. so he, he's on, like, a submarine outside of
0: South Korea. Oh, oh my. my God. Yeah, good for him. I mean, unreal. still, I would like to see, I'm down. If you guys needed someone to host an alumni event and do the play-by-play, you know where Rothman and I will be tied because I'm all in on watching all of these teams compete against one another. I,
2: I, was, I was glad to spark that flame right there and, yeah. and see where it went. Oh,
1: my God. Oh, the question is: do you, where's, the do rest you of Steve, where's the rest of Stevie's team? They're not even playing pro tennis.
0: Uh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, don't say that about my boys Ray Sarbiento and Daniel Wynn. Um or Robert Farah. Robert Farah is doing really well on the doubles track.
1: Not the defense. That's true. You know, he is—he is, is like a—he is what? What is he is like he is what whats he Top fifteen in the world in Doubles. That's- yeah, yeah, yeah. He's
0: pretty pretty freaking good. But I love to hear it. And again ty we want to thank you so much for taking the time to do this to come on and give us a little u.s open talk Um, obviously we'll be doing this over the you know throughout the next two weeks so anytime you've got any takes you want to give just give us a call and we'll be happy to have you back on sounds good
1: guys thanks for having me thanks (laughs) yeah take it easy